So this morning I want to sh- speak to you also about a foundational thing. We're busy in the congregation, pushing the things about and just giving accuracy to the thing about whole thing of discipleship. Now, I want to jump into this, that Isaiah 50. If you have a look, we, you don't have to go there yet. We're going to go to Matthew 10 now. But Isaiah 50 says this in the second portion of verse 4. Um, so Isaiah 50 verse 4, listen to this. It says, it says, He awakens me. This is the American standard uh, a, 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 American Standard Version. So, And what it says is, He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens me my ear to listen as a disciple. And um, it's pretty amazing because, you know, that's the heart of the Father. And this morning I want to speak, to, excuse me, <clears throat> I want to speak to you about being a disciple of Jesus. Being a disciple of Jesus. You see, if we don't know the foundation, then we don't realize that why it is so important to be discipled. Um, the thing about Jesus never called us to make converts. He called us to make disciples. Anyone can make a baby. That's different being a father and a mother, isn't that so? Making a convert, we need to understand the context. Jesus says he wants us to be disciple makers, right? So we need to understand the heart of Jesus in order to live in a certain way. Because if we don't come into a lifestyle of discipleship, then we actually act like orphans. We act like illegitimate children of God. And that's not the heart of God. So, um, God's called us to uh, make disciples. Now, the word actual disciple means learner. Right? So, discipleship means that um, we actually, we, we, we walk in and fulfilling the foot, in walking the footsteps of, of, of following someone. So, we're walking with someone. And the thing about discipleship is not about you have to know all this stuff. Literally, if you walk one step ahead, you're discipling someone else by influencing. But a disciple means someone who learns, okay? Um, I want to just emphasize this. The thing about discipleship is not a code of ethics or a set of rules of do's and don'ts. That is not discipleship. All right? So it's not a code of conduct that we have to live by. Because that's religion. So, the thing about what discipleship is, and this is very important, it's about a relationship. It's a relationship journey of trust. You want to write something down? Discipleship is a relationship journey of trust. Okay? That is important. And the thing is, um, if, if you want to give a good ex- illustration in that, then I want to give the illustration of Jesus Christ and um, Jesus concerning the crucifixion. So if we can work with the illustration about how we see Jesus and the crucifixion, what took place. All right. So uh, what happened actually there with the crucifixion? Um, just understand the life of Jesus was not taken from him. The Bible doesn't say that. The devil didn't take his life. You, you do realize that. It, Jesus gave his life. 
Okay? The enemy didn't take his life, Jesus gave his life. But the thing is, um, Jesus gave his life, he gave himself to die. And the thing is, is that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus didn't raise himself. The Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. That same Holy Spirit is living inside in you and me when we're born again, okay? So this is what happens. Now, um, we know that Jesus was the perfect offering. He was the perfect lamb that paid the price for you and me. Now, this morning, even in the time of worship and that, God just put this, even the list together about his blood that was shed for us, about the cross. Um, so th- there was this perfect sacrifice, this ultimate offering that Jesus did for our sin. He took our sin away. And the thing is, just understand, this is important. It was the trust that Jesus had in knowing his father. That he knew that the father would raise him from the dead. What did I say earlier on? Discipleship is about a journey of trust. So here's this journey and this trust that Jesus had because Jesus didn't raise himself. The father raised him. The Holy Spirit was sent and raised him from the dead. The word of God says. So... There was this trust relationship that even though he went to the cross to pay the price, the ultimate price for you and me, the Father would raise him from the dead. This is a relationship of trust. That is what discipleship is about. Okay, um, The life of the, the, the disciple is, um, is a, a daily decision, by the way. To live as a disciple... I say, for you and me to live as a disciple is a daily decision you and I make. Am I going to trust God in everything? Okay? So, the Word of God says that I must pick up my cross daily. That is the thing is, I'm picking up this cross daily. I'm choosing to live as a disciple. Um, Now, my job daily is the cross, is the cross. I pick up my cross daily. My cross is the, my job daily is the cross. His job is the resurrection. Pick up your cross daily. I'm going to this place every time confronting in my life things. It is His job to give resurrection. You see, when you're orphan, you will never trust. You will want your portion. It's called entitlement. Have a look at Africa. Have a look at this nation. How many people live in entitlement? It's a spirit of poverty. That's what entitlement is. It's a belief that I have, that I empower something in the spirit, which is so ungodly. So I, as a Christian, I come to the cross daily. I lay that, Lord, this, I put my heart. This is where I'm at. I'm having difficulty in this area, whatever. But it's his job to give me resurrection life there, where I lay my heart and my life down. Okay. So... Sometimes you might see this as well. There's many times Christians which are openly rewarded. But many of us don't know what they've done and what they've dealt with in the secret place. 
And you think, oh, yeah, but this Christian, you know, I want to tell you sometimes, let's not look at one another and think, oh, wow, they put their... Some of us have been in a place of secret where we've had to deal with things. And suddenly people are in the limelight and this and that. We don't know their life. So we don't have to, you know, don't, don't worry about them. Just work on yourself. <laughs> All right. Matthew chapter 10. I want to just touch on a verse. Uh, yeah, in Matthew chapter 10. You know, this is one of those nice verses. All of us just love it. Not. Um, no. <laughs> Matthew 10. Verse 37 to 39. Matthew 10, 37 to 39. If you've got your sword with you, take it out. Matthew 10, 37 to 39 says, He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, you just love these scriptures. Well, what does it mean? You know, how's it do? It sounds quite rough, you know. This is Jesus, by the way, saying this. <laughs> I just read it. Okay. It wasn't me. I just read this verse. So the thing is this. You know what? Jesus, what Jesus wants us to do is actually to, um, to really just adjust the posture of our hearts here. And um, the reason why he wants us to adjust our hearts is because he, he's, he's basically trying to, um, he wants us to just, that we actually don't get offended by what he actually asks us about. So sometimes, remember I said, sometimes God reveals, He offends our minds to actually reveal what's in our heart. Sometimes it's someone else you know. Sometimes it's at work. Sometimes it's one of your children. And you realize, ah, that's what I see in my heart, okay? So, listen to me, we must understand that Jesus actually never contradicts Scripture. Jesus never contradicts Scripture, but He will contradict my understanding of Scripture. And many times, when my understanding of Scripture is is is, is confronted, whatever, then I, you know, ah, I don't agree with you. I don't. Dis-. Actually, God is dealing with my heart many times because He's contradicting my understanding of Scripture. That's what He's actually doing. So. It says here, this verse says, Don't think I came to bring peace. This is, well, sorry, one of the other verses. Where, where this might sound contradicting. Where Jesus says, Don't think I came to bring peace. I came to bring the sword. And I think, huh? Then there's another verse that actually I mentioned the other, the other day. It's that um, the angel comes and says, Glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill to all mankind. So, what, but, but now he says he's bringing the sword and now he says, but uh, I've come to bring peace. You know, is God not contradicting himself in the scripture? Or is he contradicting actually my understanding of the scripture? Both are true. You see, the thing is, the Bible has, has basically been written and the way that the Bible is written, it can only be understood through relationship with God. 
You see, some of us use it as just a sword to kill or to show we know something or something more. But the way that the Bible has been written, it's a love letter to us. And only through the relationship of trust can we actually decipher and understand what has been written here. Okay? So, uh, this is what I've said before. Now, sometimes people get a shock when I say, some people are more in love with the Bible than actually with God. The Word is written. But we need the spirit of the word. We need to have the life because Jesus became the living word. It's a relationship. It's not just letter. The letter is dead. Are you understanding where I'm going? So, you can discover, guess what? You can, you can uh, um, if we don't have a relationship with the word of God, what happens is that you, you can discover a code of ethics, how to live and how to be successful and... Um, um, you can live how, you know, we can have this whole code from the Word of God. And we don't have any relationship. Doesn't it sound sometimes the way we were raised as kids? We had a set of rules. So is rules wrong? No. But the heart behind it can be. So we have a set of rules and guess what? We have Christians suddenly now. Just by the way, I'm speaking about discipleship this morning. So in the church we have, okay, do this, don't we? This is our belief code and this is how this, our ethics, our this, this, this. And we have the set of rules, but we don't have the relationship. I'm telling you now, then we like a little bunch of soldiers, yes sir, no sir, how, how many bags full, whatever. You know, we, we, do you understand? We need the relationship and not a set of rules in this walk that we have. All right. So the mystery of Scripture can only be discerned through a relationship with God. Else it remains a mystery. Else the Bible remains closed. Listen to this. In Proverbs, uh, in Proverbs 26, verse 4 and 5. You don't have to turn out, just read it to you. Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. Now listen to this. Verse 4. And verse 5, it says this. Don't speak to a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. Listen to the next verse. Speak to the fool in his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. The one verse just said one thing and the next verse says other thing. How does this work? Who's contradicting who here? I'm glad you asked me. You see... God doesn't want to create conflict, okay? He's not trying to create conflict. But what he's actually trying to do, he's trying to draw me closer. He's trying to draw me closer to actually yearn to understand what's actually happening. So in the one sense, I can look at, this is contradicting. Why is this contradicting? The one verse is the next verse is the opposite. What he's wanting to do is to draw me near. You see, God creates conflict in thought for me to pursue the one who actually holds all mystery in his hand. That's why there's been so many times divisions in churches because, okay, will any one of you come with hats today? Oh, you ladies should have worn hats, I told you. Now, do you understand? We've, we've had all these things and the, the men sit here, the women sit here, and this can speak and those can't because we've done it out of the protocol and the rules instead of the relationship. 
Hebrews 4, therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness. It's part of even what Cheryl mentioned. As orphans, we live with all the sets of rules because we feel if we don't live according to the rules, then we're going to fail something. Well, you anyway failed. You failed to see the Father's heart for you. You see, when you now walk away offended, when we read something in the Word, we actually miss the point. The Bible says, the straight and the narrow way, you know, walk the straight and the narrow way in the kingdom. Um, The Bible says that Jesus is the only door. He's the entrance to the Father. And this is basically the solution for sin and the problem is Jesus. Okay, So Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Isn't that so? I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. What's in the heart of Jesus? You see, the thing is what we need to understand. I spoke a while about this a long time ago, but when Jesus says, ask anything in my name, and the Father will give it, how is it possible? If you ask stuff and it's not given, or is it just me? Now, I'm going to come to that punchline when the wind gets knocked out or when you get punched in the stomach. Just I'll brace your stomachs. I'm coming there. But I want us just to understand something. You see, it's this relationship of abandonment and trust which is so um, uncomfortable to the one who has given all. When Jesus came, he gave everything, he abandoned everything, and he gave all. In the same way, Jesus is calling us in. He's calling us in this newness of of life in God. And uh, God then speaks to us as a son or a daughter. The thing is, a, a disciple, what a disciple does, a disciple embraces the cross. Because that is the responsibility as a disciple, we facing, we live in abandonment, abandonment in our lives. We, we take, we go to the cross, and we say, "Lord, yes, our hearts, yes, yes, everything." The resurrection and the life is what God gives us. But for many Christians, we go with a list. We go with a lot of things before the Lord, and not in abandonment. All right. Now, speaking about the difference between a friend and a servant as well in this context. So when the Bible says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Um, I want to tell you something, is that many, many Christians over the years, we say, Lord, I want to seek your kingdom. I want to seek and your righteousness and, and all these things will be added. Do you know many times over the years, I've seen many times the message that have, has gone out is about how God can actually bless you. And how God wants to bless you. Does the Father want to bless you? Yes. But understand this one thing. 
if I don't live with a heart that is abandoned and surrendered to God, and I go daily pick up my cross and I go to the to the to that place of abandonment and say, God, give me life in this area. You see, because for a lot of Christians, are actually gain after the benefits of the kingdom. They gain after and the things that are added. And our, you know, the flesh likes what's added. Guys, I'm coming. I'm just pushing it further, the pressure. Hang on. <laughs> coming for the kill soon. But no, what I'm saying is, just a lot of us many times in our lives, we, our motives or the reason why we do things is actually because of the trade-off, the actual benefit we get later. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this because no, this is going to be added. Um, the thing is this, is, do you, this is the thing that we need to understand as Christians. What God adds is not supposed to be our focus. But many times for Christians, what God adds has become the focus. That's why we then serve Him. So what he adds is not our focus. Oh, one day you know I'm going to get a husband. One day I'm going to get a wife. One day I'm going to get a house, a car. You hear what I'm saying? Does God want to give that? Yes. But I want to tell you something. God will never bless us to the extent that we will stumble over our blessing. I mean, I love my daughters. My, my daughter's the only child. I love her so much in that. But I even her, I have to give it to the Lord every time. And that's always a hard place. And I will always be challenged with that, by the way. But as a father, would I want to give her everything? Yes. But I know these things I can't. Because I love her too much. And discipleship is supposed to be about this trust relationship with the father. That we can trust Him and that He can trust us. Because I'm telling you, we absolutely don't know the lavish, goodness, amazing Father that we have. We get glimpses of who He is. People who are not, people who are no longer in, in love with God, listen to me. This is actually a statement um, Bill Johnson said. Um, he, he basically said this, that people um, who are no longer in love with God, they do ministry out of memory and not out of imagination anymore. People who are no longer in love with God do ministry out of memory. Well, I know how to do this. And I see the results. Because the gifts and the calling are irrevocable. I live like I want, I do what I want because I see the things still happen. I do ministry out of memory, not out of this imagination what God has just downloaded for me to actually walk in. Because today I'm not going to make spit and mud into eyeballs. Today I'm going to do it differently. That can only be built through relationship. Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of, 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 of God, and he will exalt you in the proper time. Um, 
Remember this, if I, if I fight for promotion, then I always have to fight to keep my promotion. If God gives you promotion, you don't have to fight for it, He'll fight for you. Anything in life, you can take it any context of life. If God opens the work opportunity and promotion, He'll keep you there. If you made it and you did it, you're going to have to maintain that you keep it. So when God promotes, He fights and He keeps you there. John 13, 35. Um, let me give you John 13, 35 says the following. It says here, By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Okay? By this you'll know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. Do you know that you and I only feel pain in the areas we're still alive? Isn't that so? We only feel pain in those areas that we're still alive. Oh, you know, you did this. The areas that you've actually given to the Lord and said, no, those things happen, the pain, I, I like, I surrendered. You give me life in that area, Lord. When you go through trials and tribulations, all the things you do, and that message I shared the other day, listen to the effort and listen to it about the storms, count it all joy when you go through these trials. And I spoke to you about the winds that blow and they prevail and the external things. Then you get the internal things that God is dealing in your character. The tsunamis. So many times when you pressure and circumstances always reveal what's in us. And so we know how alive we are when our buttons get pressed. And you know who knows how to do it? God knows how to do it. I said, you know, either statement was made, either God wants to kill you or the devil wants to kill you. You must just choose how you want to die. Oh, <laughs> killing me softly with your love. <laughs> you know, Hebrews, what's it, 12? Father knows how to give, give, good, give, give good gifts. How much more your heavenly Father? If you don't receive discipline, you're illegit- illegitimate, you're not, not sons of God. The things we receive from God is not our punishment, it's actually transformation. And if we don't have trust, everything we read in a negative light, because my father did it to me, that woman did it to me, that this, this person, whatever. Do you understand? We read everything with the wrong, wrong grid that we look through, the wrong lenses. Okay, so John uh, 15. We also know this, I'm going to give this scripture. John 15, we all know the scripture. This is one of my life scriptures in that, that God gave to me repeatedly when I got saved. John 15 speaks about abiding in Christ. And John 15 verse 78 speaks about and he says, If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. Alright? By this my Father is glorified that you have, that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. Disciples bear fruit. Alright, so 
just by the way, uh, the fruit here is basically answers to, to, to prayers. Okay? The fruit here is answers to prayers. Uh, pray, prayer is a conversation. It's not something you do. It's prayer is a conversation. It has to do with relationship. So, um, fruit is the answer to prayer. Now, the thing is, the branch, um, you, you know, this is the thing. Have you ever seen a tree like... A leaf. Fruit. Anyone seen those trees? Well, if we're a branch and we graft it in, we're in Christ, in the vine. Do you know when a tree bears fruit? is when it's in rest. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bear much fruit. You see, often can't sit still. Ah, my ministry. Woohoo! Fruit is something that comes from rest. That's where fruit comes. Fruit comes from rest. And God's called us to bear much fruit. Okay? Um, do you know that fruit as a Christian is automatic when you're abiding and you're connected? In the, in the vine. I don't see much fruit in my life. I don't. When you're connected in life, in Christ, there's always fruit. In every season. You see, there's life. It's not, you don't have life now. Even with pruning, do you know with pruning, there's even more life. And we go through these times and seasons. So, do you know that um, when we learn and understand this, that I'm going to start blending with now. When we abide in Christ, um, our cries, the cry of our heart, actually becomes His cry. And now, Whatever you ask, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Why? Listen to me. This is it. A disciple of Jesus. Whatever you ask in my name. You're not just a... You're not just a, you know, a servant. You're friends. You see, because you have a cry in your heart that is the cry of the Father crying through you. It's no longer your will. It's my will in you. Do you see how Christianity has gone about the benefit? I get saved. I have a ticket to heaven. It was never about that. It was always about the relationship. And daily when I come to this place of the cross... I get the exchange. I trust God, even though I'm in this place of absolute challenge and pain. There's a resurrection life He gives to me through His mercy and His grace. And the cry no longer is, Ah, Lord, my future. I want to be there. I want to stay there. I want to go there. I want to... This has been my cry. This has been my own cry, my own life. 
you know what? There's nothing on this earth, there's no ministry, there's nothing on this earth that will fulfill you more than what He can do. He designed you and me. And you know what? When this, this inner world of yours and mine, you start to cry what He cries, then you can ask whatever in the name of Jesus and the Father will give you. It's no longer my will, but your will be done, Father. This is what discipleship is about. It's not this, Lord, bless me. This is what it means to co-labor. Co-labor with God. Do you know when we stop learning, we stop being a disciple? Just bear with me, you know, just crash land, but just give me a few minutes. You see, um, I've chosen to represent the Lord well by denying what I would have naturally chosen. There's a lot of things you and I naturally would choose that we've had to deny. Can I share a little secret that almost no one will know? Can I? Do you want to hear? In my own life. It's a little simple thing. Might sound over, it's nonsense. But I want to tell you, there's certain things you'll deny in your life. And sometimes the Holy Spirit reminds me just nothing. I, I, I just do it out of, I just do it, it's there. And a simple thing about when, when I will pour you something to drink, anyone, whether it's my own wife, daughter, whether it's friends, whether it's people I don't know. I will always pour something more. Say it's cold drink. I'll always give you more than I'll take for myself. <laughs> and please, I'm not speaking about me. But I'm saying, this sounds so simple, stupid. It might sound to you. But it's those little things there that train you to not live for yourself. It's just something normal I do. And the Holy Spirit a few times reminds me about it. That's and I just thought, let me just share that little simple thing. But that's, 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 that's the cry from heaven, from your heart. It's the Father's heart because the Father wants to bless you. Your life becomes a blessing to someone else. Because you've taken up that cross and you're living out the heart of the Father for someone else. You are impacted by that and you start living out the Father for someone else. And that is how you will know that you're disciples of Christ by the love for one another. You always put people before you. So, uh, so when, you know, the, the, when, when basically you start 
you know, putting these things first and you say, God, handle this and that. When this, that happens, the only things you have added to your life is the things that, 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 uh, that come because of the cross. Because you actually said yes to God. So later in your life, things that are added to your life is because you've actually said yes. Because you, you do realize you and I no longer live. The life we live now is through Christ Jesus. But how alive are you or your past? When I complicate my life with my striving, it becomes more difficult to discern what, what he brought uh, into my life and what I brought into my life. You know, when I strive with God, I later don't know, Lord, is this from you or is this from me? Lord, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? You start striving and you don't know actually what God has said anymore in your life. This starts affecting your devotion. It starts affecting your prayer life. And this is when parts of your life otherwise become effective or infected. Because we fight for things as Christians. We fight for things instead of releasing those things. And this is the things that infect us. And we get confused. Lord, I don't know what to do. Do I stay here? Do I go? Do I do this? And it's like, you know, okay, I'm going to get there now. Just hang, just give me just five minutes. So the life of the disciple is the life of the cross. Our yes is where every ambition and dream gets put on the altar. Now, on the one side, remember I started saying, the Bible says, don't do this, and then it says, do this, in the next verse. It's, it's on the one side, God says, I want you to dream. And the next minute, God says, I want you to take your dream, I want you to offer it. I don't get it. It's, you know, it's just me that sometimes, you know. I'm saying again, there's a lot of people sitting here, and you've got things unfulfilled in your life, or dreams that haven't been fulfilled. My thing is, I want to tell you today, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you don't come to the cross daily, and you bring whatever you need to bring, your future, your finances, your relationships, your whatever, and you don't put your dreams down there, because a lot of us go back to pick up the dreams. And then we're confused about, did God say this? Did God not say this? This is what He gave me. Let me tell you something. Everything God gives you and me is what you and I have to give back. If you keep your promise that God gave you, the God of heaven and earth, that is what you will later worship. Your dream becomes your idol. Whatever you have in your hands, can you release it back to God is my question. Until the crying side of your heart is His cry. Not my will, Father, but yours be done. This is the life of the this is the life of a Christian, guys. This is not superficial Christianity. 
This is where the time meets the ground. And you know, many Christians don't want to hear what I'm telling you. Because we don't want to be disciples of Jesus. Because we want what is added in the kingdom. And God is, He says, I want to, I've given you everything. It is not the addition, it is the one. His name is Jesus. In Him is everything. In Him we live, we move, we have our being. And still we look for the addition. Because you don't realize it's always about the relationship. Our yes is where every ambition and dream gets put on the altar. In this yes is doing what he said. Do you know what starts to happen? Gradually God starts to add to your life. Guess what? I want to say to you and people sitting here and those listening, the wilderness has been actually the training ground for you and me. The wilderness is always there to see if you would, um, would you steward everything well that has been given to you. Because God is looking to see, can he trust you in me? Can he trust you with, you, you might think, oh, but I've known the Lord so long, you know. I want to tell you, you as well. <laughs> it doesn't matter how long you've known the Lord. God says, whatever I've taught you now, I want you anyway to give me back, give back to me. God is looking to see this. He's looking, can He trust us? Can He trust us with the resources He's given you? Can He trust us with the anointing He's given you? Can He trust you with a uh, favor? Can He trust you with a position that He's given you? Do you know why He's done that? He's wanting to see, can He trust us with the nations? What if a few hundred people pitch up here next week? What are we going to do? No, what are you going to do? Can God trust us with nations? He's given us entree into nations over the years. He's given us into things. Can He trust us with the nations? If resources start coming in, what are we doing with the, the things that we paint and we fix and we do? What we, can, we, can we do with the finances? The work you have, the occupation, the vocation, whatever, whatever you have. Can God trust you with other things? Or can you actually just... Whether it's relationships. How do you work with relationships? How faithful are you? I'm speaking about discipleship, being a disciple of Jesus. Can we handle nations? We must be able to handle it well when someone is uh, promoted. You know, Someone's promoted. Argh, they were promoted, but not me. That only happens with me, or is it also with you? you? Does it ever happen? I'm telling you, everything in life, God set us up with. And we think that, listen, we think the devil's on the loose. I'm telling you, it's called the flesh he's dealing with in our lives. Don't blame the devil for everything. You and I have choices. You know, you know that person, they irritate me, you know. Ah, I don't like how they lead the worship. And that pastor and, you know, that person at work, yes, they irritate me. And God is busy looking. 
How do you deal with people who've got favor? How do you with people with positions? Ah, this president, this. How do you deal with your heart? You see, when God adds to your life because you say, yes, I need to keep the priority of the kingdom right. You see, no reward is supposed to distract me from God. That was in the first lessons I got learnt when I got saved. The most awesome leather jacket, bomber jacket that was bought overseas just after, well, just before I was saved, was the first thing. Because one of the things God was dealing with in my life was materialism. I pay a lot of money for that. The thing is, what is in your hand and what is in His hand? What is in our hands is supposed to be in His hands. But that's a heart attitude. The reward must not be must not cause me to stop seeking the kingdom. You see, in the heart of hearts, we're supposed to do everything he says. If he says, if you if you love your mother, you love your father. If, you know, do you love your father? Do you love your mother? Do you love your kids? Do you love them more than me? He says, you're not worthy of me. Listen to me. I'm going to finish really now. When he said this, he was not punishing us or putting us in a position to be inconsiderate of our family. Just hear me right. God was not trying to put us in a position like this. But what he was saying when he said this, he was actually saying, if you put me first, you will be much more qualified to love them well. You don't hate your mother, you don't hate your father, you don't hate your child, you don't, you don't love me more. He's saying, if you don't love me first, you can never love them well. Because you will love them with a condition. The best thing you and I can do for your children is always to put him first. This is what it is. I'm telling you, uh, uh, you know what? If you grasp something this morning, may it just be actually the heart of the Father that He absolutely, overwhelmingly wants to be able to bless us. That the cry in our lives will be His cry. Why? Because we've actually been dealt with at the cross and we have this life in Jesus now. And the dreams we have, it's his dreams. It's not, you know, I have this vision, I have this, it's his dreams. It's like, why? Because we're living for him, we're a disciple of Jesus. How will they know the Christians by the love they have for one another? So does God want us to dream? Yes. He, want us, he wants us to dream his dreams. Because he wants us to disciple nations. Now how can we disciple nations if he cannot even trust us in a relationship daily? This is where you actually make the altar call and you fall on our faces and <laughs> call out for mercy. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Let us just stand. I want to, just on that note, just, yeah, sorry I took a bit of time, but I needed to get this through. I, I, I really just believe God is really wanting to do something in the body of Christ when it comes to discipleship. And um, um, that, yeah, Father, I just want to pray for every person here and everyone listening that, that what is it to be a disciple of you, a follower of Christ? It is someone who is teachable. It is someone, Lord, that you want and want in us to walk in a trust relationship with you daily. And there where we are still alive, Lord, that we go to the place of the cross and we pick up the life you've given us through the cross. And the exchange already took place. Not my will, but your will be done. And Father, thank you for the trials and the tests and the tribulations. Thank you, Lord, that in discipleship we will not live according to a bunch of code or rules, but it will be out of trust and relationship and love. That people will know your love in us and through us. How will the world know unless they see your love in us and through us? And Father, I pray that you want to give us nations, that we can give back to you because they belong to you. That we'll be faithful stewards, that we'll be sons and daughters, ruling, laboring with you, co-laborers. That the cry in our heart will be your cry. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This is our prayer, Lord. Let us be truly sons and daughters of the Most High God. And Lord, I just bless every person listening and even here, just with fresh heart of revelation, of understanding what it is to walk with you daily. In Jesus' name. Amen.